Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. Today, it is the GHSA Boys Basketball Elite 8 Preview. Before we get into it, I want to mention the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th at Gainesville High School, an opportunity for players to play in front of media members such as myself, videographers, photographers, going to invite some college coaches as well. Another opportunity to break off the rust before travel ball season really gets into high gear. Player evaluations for everybody in attendance. Good opportunity with skill work and then breaking into teams for gameplay. Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th. The deadline is March 15th to register more information on sandyspiel.com and on twitter at kyle sandy 355 we will start now with class 7a but before we do that actually uh take a step back sweet 16 round very challenging 47 of 64 right a very paltry 73 percent was very rough going and only four of eight correctly selected in the Sweet 16 round in Class 7A after a 15-16 and 16 start. Things are getting very crazy. We see a lot of familiar names, even though they haven't really enjoyed their best seasons yet, but it just feels like at the end of the day, the same teams are always there in the Elite Eight. But we'll start on the top left-hand side, Campbell. Proved me wrong. They blew Valdosta out of the water, 75-49. to Now Campbell plays Wheeler, a 63-51 winner over Berkmar. A lot of people will have their eyes on this game. This is the David Clark game. Was the best player for Campbell the past couple years. Transferred to Wheeler. Does not play a whole lot now. And Campbell is in the state uh, Elite Eight against Wheeler. Very tough matchup, Coach James Gwynn. Uh, has really done a nice job over the years. I, I know he's had players come and go throughout the years, but he is a very successful head coach, just has not been able um, to get over the hump, at least recently, as far as taking deep runs. But he's got a Campbell team that's red hot right now. They got into the state tournament at just 14-13, and 13, but they won Region 2, and now they are coming off blowout wins over Marietta by 33 points and Valdosta, by 26 points going to Wheeler however not going to be a very bad game as far as travel goes um, but Wheeler with Josh Hill inside he's going to be very challenging for them to stop Coda Settle pushing the pace and um, Ricky McKenzie their knockdown three-point shooter again Larry Thompson wins a lot of games in the postseason very challenging to choose against them um, but if uh, if Campbell is able to knock down some shots. Again, free Roy High. First team all-region pick. Jalen Chivas has had a really big uh, postseason thus far. Reese Cotton, Sharif Mosley Jr., a lot of those guards playing well. And Kylan Robertson had a big game against Valdosta. Campbell's a plucky team. They're red hot right now. I think Wheeler is a team to beat here in this quadrant. I'm going to stick with my Wheeler pick, but uh, Campbell is... Campbell's hot, and they're going to give Wheeler everything they can handle, but I do think Wheeler might just have a little bit more talent, and I think that size inside and Josh Hill will play a key factor, so I am going with the Wildcats. Bottom left-hand side, McKeecher in 67-64 over Newton, and then Buford upended by Norcross 54-48. So we already see a Campbell team with just a 16-13 and record in the Elite Eight, and now we see Norcross... 17 and 13 record and all of a sudden the blue devils get a crack at mckeechern in the elite eight after beating buford buford missed a ton of free throws in this one norcross super athletic play very good tough nose defense they're going to throw waves of guys i would assume at ace bailey who has just been so tough to stop for mckeechern and then of course you get Jaden Bynes knocking down some outside shots, and Jay Nash, the distributor. But Norcross, they're athletic. They're long. Toby Ajuku at the guard position. You got Jerron Salisbury covering a lot of ground. A couple other guys. Casey Williams playing above the rim. Um, Norcross is playing with house money, and it feels like every year you count out 
uh, Norcross or every year when you look at it on paper where they don't maybe have those those super high major five-star prospects that are maybe seniors at the time um, and maybe uh, you know a couple years ago when they won that state title a couple guys transferred out earlier in the season and again looking at the team maybe on paper it's not their most talented team they've had ever um, but I feel like that's when Coach McMillan does his best work with Norcross. I think McEachern wins this game just because of the ace-Bailey factor, but I know Norcross will have this game competitive up until the final buzzer. Um, but it's tough to pick against McEachern, but I do know Norcross, um, the fact that they're going to have to go on the road, that might make it a little bit more challenging. But Norcross is going to make this one interesting, make this one super physical. They have the athletes to really press and push McEachern in this game, press them into being a uh, tight score, but I'm going to go with McEachern. Top right-hand side, Peachtree Ridge defeated Mountain View 50-41, to and they will see Grayson a 57-44 winner over Carrollton. That was nip and tuck all the way through. Heading into the fourth quarter, that game was still hanging in the balance. I believe Carrollton actually led by a point or two at the half, but Grayson was able to find plays late Jakari Harris hit some big shots got to the basket and um, Carrollton you know Obi Watkins really did hurt Grayson throughout the game with his penetration and Eli Pippins was knocking down outside shots but Grayson finds a way and maybe a little um, good for Grayson to kind of feel their backs against the wall a little bit into the fourth quarter and uh, maybe re re-energize them and refocus them uh, for a tough Petrie Ridge team that's going to be really good defensively with um, Derwin Hodge blocking shots, and then Connor Teasley, that is most certainly the head of the snake. He really makes Peachtree Ridge go. Um, he's their playmaker. He does a little bit of everything. He is a tough nose guard. Grayson's going to have to be prepared for that. I think Grayson, uh, as they are against pretty much every team, they're going to have a, a nice size advantage. I think you'll especially feel it on the perimeter in this one. Uh, and I think Grayson wins this game. But, I again, you get this deep into the tournament, when you're in the Elite Eight, you're pretty much going to see all teams that have talent and all teams that have pretty good coaching. Peachtree Ridge has both of that. I think Peachtree Ridge is a live underdog in this one. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, Jacob Wilkins, who had some splash plays in the second half for the Rams, I think he'll be able to make an impact and then Amir Taylor inside. But Peachtree Ridge, I think they'll be able to play this game, keep it a low-scoring game, kind of like what Carrollton did against Grayson. But again, I feel like Grayson makes the plays late, with Jakari Harris really being in the forefront. Bottom right-hand side, we got these games wrong. Milton, 57-49 over Walton. And now they will see Pebblebrook, a 72 to... Let's see, 72, was it 43 or 53? Pebblebrook, a big winner. Um, either way, defeating Archer, blowing them out of the water. Uh, very impressive win for them. 72 to 53 was the final there. Uh, and again, you're looking at Pebblebrook. It just feels like, you know, they're always in the hunt. Pebblebrook coming in. They're only, what, 13 and 16 now after these two wins. Um, so they're a. Uh, a team that has really found their stretch, really scoring the ball well on the perimeter. Um, but I do think Milton has had a little bit more sustain, sustained success this year um, and has been rolling. You know, they won that Region 6 title. Uh, they get the big win over Walton. They beat North Gwinnett earlier. I think Josh Dixon, Anthony Goss, and then uh, Daniel Ogunyemi, I think the big three. I think that's going to be enough to beat Pebblebrook. But Pebblebrook is scorching right now with these past two games. Uh, crushing Harrison, crushing Archer. They're on the road. I think Milton wins it. I think Pellbrook will make it interesting, especially if they're hitting some outside shots from the perimeter. Caleb Thomas, a very good guard in this one. Um, but I do feel like I'm going with Milton uh, for the reason of that big trio that we mentioned earlier. I think they're tough. I think they're good. And I think Pellbrook, this unforeseen run to the Elite Eight, I think it comes to a close. I'm going with Milton. Next up, Class 6A. We got five of eight correct. And, you know, even when I guess I was wrong as far as picking what teams would get there, uh, I was 100% right in saying Class 6A has some crazy parity. We're going to see some teams making it to the Elite Eight, possibly even deeper that were either not ranked pretty much all year long 
or just got into the poll at the very end of the season, and that is a 110% what we have seen as there were some surprises in the Sweet 16 round. And again, we are going to see um, some teams that maybe don't typically get to take these deep runs into the state tournament continue on and possibly punch their ticket to a Final Four. Top left-hand side, Grovetown beat North Atlanta. Cinderella story came to a close, 59-36. And now Grovetown will see Alexander, a 69-53 winner over Alpharetta. This game is at Alexander. Again, uh, they don't have Alan Stoddard anymore, but Braden Liu is oftentimes all you need. Alexander and Grovetown, these two teams hooked up a couple years ago. And I think Grovetown really took it to Alexander. So they've been looking for some uh, revenge for a few years now. Um, Grovetown, Zay Howard transferred in from Lakeside Evans. Has been one of their stronger players. And then Kevin Curtis is close to seven foot inside. And then Alexander, you know all the usual suspects. The reigning class 6A player of the year for the defending state champs and Braden Liu. And then Pops Dunson has really emerged his sophomore season. Jermaine Freeman knocking down outside shots. I think Alexander wins this one. Um, Grovetown is really hot right now, but they've had a very easy road in the sweet, um, in the state tournament so far, beating two teams under 500. I think they can certainly play with Alexander. Um, but I think the Cougars, even with Alan Stoddard out, and again, that makes them a little bit more susceptible to an upset. I think Alexander can win this game and will win this game. Um, but Grovetown does have the athletes in the size to compete with them. Alexander's going to have to play well, but I think at home and then Braden Liu not wanting to end his season, his senior season prematurely, I think the Cougars find a way and advance back to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, Woodward 54-39 over Marist. They will play Douglas County again. Here we go, a team we got wrong here. Douglas County, the four seed out of Region 5, a Region 5 that put three of their four teams into the Elite Eight after everyone made it to the Sweet 16. Douglas County beats Pope in overtime 53-50. Corey Young had 22 points in this game, providing tough on-ball defense as well. He's really the guy, the one that stirs the drink, the the straw that stirs the drink for Douglas County. Then Christian Richards, a good outside shooter. Um... Douglas County versus Woodward. Uh, Douglas County is just playing very well right now. And Woodward, in the past at least, it feels like sometimes they can struggle with teams that provide that toughness and scratch and claw and get after you. And that's exactly what Douglas County does. They defend. And Corey Young and Christian Richards, um, those two guys put the ball in the basket. I think Woodward Academy, um, they have maybe better talent you know, maybe one through four. Uh, not to say that Douglas County is short on talent, but it it, it think it looks like um, Woodward with you know Deke Cooper is really good, and Zach Foster's got D one offers. Brandon Peters is a, a really tough nose guard. I mean, they got they got all those guys, um, but I think Douglas County can sometimes make these games um, really tough and gritty and physical. They're hundred percent battle tested and they're going to be a similar team to maybe what, you know, Jonesboro does as far as playing really hard. And Jonesboro took two or three from Woodward. I'm going with Douglas County here to pull off the upset. Uh, Again, I like Woodward Academy this entire season. Um, but Douglas County, there's something brewing over there. They're playing really good basketball, and if they can make this into a rock fight going on the road at Woodward Academy, they might be able to steal one and make it to the Final Four. Region 5 is a bear, extremely tough. They're ready for it. It's going to be tough. Uh, and I do think Woodward Academy is a favorite here, but I'm going to go with the underdogs, the four seed, Douglas County, to continue this magical run, scratching and clawing and just finding ways to get it done. So how about Douglas County over Woodward Academy? Top right-hand side, Langston Hughes, 58-51 against Sprayberry. And now they will see Jonesboro, who up and St. Pius, 64-55. The mailman delivers once again at St. Pius, breaking the Golden Lions heart again at Mark Kelly Gymnasium. Now Jonesboro plays Langston Hughes. Uh, a very winnable game for both programs, I would think. I think slowing down Brentis Schaefer has to be Jonesboro's 
number one main priority, but you could say for Rory Welsh, the main priority would be for them to stop Montez Redding, who is just blazing fast and has developed into a very good outside shooter. Cortez Redding, his younger brother, as a sophomore, has really picked up the pace this year. Chris Jones, that explosive physicality inside, he's going to have to play a big role uh, because Jonesboro doesn't have a ton of size. I think you're looking at Jerron Lamel, a really good blossoming junior at about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, for Langston Hughes. I think he plays a key role in this one. And then Cameron Catholic, what do you get out of the X-Factor, the 6'5 wing? Um, that'll be a good matchup. This game is going to be at Jonesboro. And I think the Cardinals, with those athletes, a lot of football players getting after it, I think Jonesboro finds a way to grit and grind and get past a tough-nosed Langston Hughes team. Jonesboro to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Woodstock, a 65-54 winner over South Paulding. Again, here is one of your big surprises. Not ranked all season long, but the Region 8 champs make it to the Elite Eight. Uh, Jameer Noel is Adept at getting to the foul line. He always is able to sell calls, takes a bunch of free throws. That is something that Riverwood will have to be aware of. Riverwood, a 95-71 winner over Evans. So Riverwood has scored 87 points against Lee County and 95 against Evans. And if what they're tweeting out is correct, um, what, they they said like uh, the Vanderbilt signee Karis Bilal had like 51, 47 or 51 points in the first game against Lee County. And now I'm seeing a graphic saying uh, J.R. Leonard scored about 50 or 51 in the second round against Evans. If that's factual, even the fact that it maybe if it wasn't 50 points in the 40s, when's the last time you've seen back-to-back games let alone just in the entire season, not even considering that it's in the state playoffs when it matters most, but back-to-back games where you have two separate players for the same team score over 40 points, possibly even 50 points, that is ludicrous and ridiculous how well Jalen Leonard and Karis Bilal score the ball. They were the four seed. I don't know how that happened when they dropped to the four seed in Region 4. They toppled Lee County. We said if they get that win, it feels like they are the strong favorite to make it to the Final Four out of this bottom right-hand quadrant. And they're going to put the ball in the basket. Woodstock plays good defense. They hit a ton of threes against uh, South Paulding and not typically known for being a great three-point shooting team, a, a solid team that you know Jackson Warren can stretch out and hit the corner three and a couple other guys pitch in, but they were getting everybody to help out from distance against South Paulding. Uh, and those shots are going to have to fall uh, left and right. And Taj Sharagba is going to have to play an impactful game in the paint. He had about 10 points or so against South Paulding. But Riverwood, um, those two dynamic scores uh, between Bilal and Leonard is just absolutely absurd. And they have a couple other nice pieces around them. Too. So it is not just a two-man team, even though it sometimes can feel like that because they put up all that production. Um, and Coach Buck Jenkins does a, a good job. He is one of the better coaches, I feel like, in the state that sometimes can get overlooked. But um, he's been a winner for a long time. I think Riverwood's just going to be way too explosive for Woodstock. I think Woodstock, if they can play that defense, I do think – uh, they have been successful in mucking games up and playing low-scoring games. You know, for 49-42 over Blessed Trinity. You go back to the region championship against uh, Etowah. That game was played in the high 30s, and then they held South Poland to 54 points. Um, I think they'll be able to slow Riverwood down a little bit, but even if this game's played in the 70s or high 60s, that's going to favor Riverwood, and I, I just don't know if Woodstock's going to be able to score with Riverwood. Um, but either way, I mean, the best season in school history for the Wolverines. I think they're already building the statue for Eric Blair out front. He turned the worst program in Cherokee County history into a winner in his first year. And the fact that they are in the Elite Eight is a 1,000% accomplishment. And they are certainly playing with uh, house money and just whatever happens, happens. Go out and play loose. But Riverwood is a tall task with that backcourt of Karis Bilal and J.R. Leonard, and I think Riverwood's just going to score too many points for Woodstock to keep pace. Into Class 5A, 
Got seven of eight right, much better than these first two classifications. Top left-hand side, Eagles landing held on for dear life against Bradwell Institute. It was 24-14 at the half, and then Bradwell came storming back, but the Eagles held on 52-51, and now they will see Tri-Cities 45-41 winner over Hiram. Tri-Cities has been my initial pick when the brackets first came out to make it to the state championship game, actually. And, of course, before that is the Final Four. But they've been having some close calls. They only beat Heritage Conyers by two points. They beat Hiram by four points. I think they're going to see a major step up in competition with Eagles Landing. Again, these two programs very familiar. I believe they met um, twice in the state championship game. It might have been back-to-back years a few years back. So these teams are very familiar with one another. Um, Eagles Landing plays very hard, very aggressive, get after you. Clark Mastin's a good point guard. They got John McQueen. Again, they have not lost since John McQueen has joined the team as another six foot five wing. Um, Tri-Cities is my pick, though. I, Trey Keith has been great this year. Malik Johnson coming back from injury. And then the London boys uh, provide that length and athleticism to protect the basket and clean up some misses. I'm going with Tri-Cities, um, but I think both teams, especially coming off these uh, Sweet 16 and you know more so in the first round with Tri-Cities where they, I would say they needed to play much better. They played a little bit better and got the job done against Hiram. Um, but I think both teams, both coaching staffs, feel like they can really harp on some things and really motivate their kids to play uh, up to their potential because I know both coaching staffs probably feel like um, they left some points on the board in the Sweet 16 and can do much better. But I'm going with Tri-Cities here, and it should be a fun and exciting close game uh, because it usually is when these two teams hook up. Bottom left-hand side, Tucker, 72-40. They crush Jones County. They will see Maynard Jackson, 67-64 over GAC. Uh, I'm going to stick with my initial pick once again here of Tucker. Um, Again, they've been super tough. Jamar Graham and then Josiah Lawson. Those are just two big bodies, 6'8", and then a 6'6". Do-everything, point-forward type player. Tucker's been really good throughout the year Maynard Jackson um, is really tough as well again you know we had the fracas at the end of the year and lost some guys and then uh, Makai Turner's been out the entire season Uh, but Maynard Jackson even with all that happening they have good players Cam Dover I think he's going to have to play a big role in this game Uh, of course offensively attacking from the high post and the block and the wing um, but I, I think he needs to really bring it defensively because they need his length to help out on the glass, help defend some of those bigger bodies that we mentioned for Tucker. Um, I, I think he'll be key. And Yusuf Bauer, keep an eye on him. If he's able to stretch that floor with his three-point shot and he can get hot, you know, he can burn five in a row, three in a row, whatever it is, uh, those points can add up quickly. Donovan Thomas, a good guard um, that can make things happen off the dribble and then uh, Cassius Watkins, uh, good players, all good players. They even have some really nice swingmen that don't necessarily get the headlines but do the dirty work for Maynard Jackson. Um, this game's going to be at Tucker. I think Maynard Jackson has uh, the talent, especially in the backcourt, to uh, compete with Tucker and potentially beat them. But I think uh, with Lawson and Graham really making the difference in the middle uh, around the basket for Tucker, I think that will – provide the Tigers with enough talent, enough size to get the job done. So I'm going with Tucker to top Maynard Jackson. Top right-hand side, Winder Barrow, 94-73 over North Springs. They see Warner Robbins, 76-69 over Decatur. Uh, Expect this to be a high-scoring game. Warner Robbins has really become a great offensive team this year. Uh, really put the ball in the basket. And Winder Barrow, they will oblige. They will score as well with them. Do not be surprised to see this game played in the high 70s, if not even higher. Um, this game will be at Winder Barrow, the two seats. So Warner Robbins is going to have to go on the road um, representing Region 2. I, I think I'm going with Warner Robbins here. I just feel like they have have so much firepower. Uh, Cameron Perkins is a really good facilitator. Jay Johnson has that athletic ability to play multiple positions around 
uh, the perimeter. Heaven Carson, who transferred in from Dodge County, is starting to see some uh, some big minutes and can knock down some three-point shots, spaces the floor. Um, just so many guys that Warner Robin can choose from, and it's not just one star player where you say, we have to focus on stopping Cameron Perkins or Gabe Jacobs or whoever. It's not just one guy. It's so many guys that can give you 12 to 15 points, and that adds up quickly, and that's how Warner Robins has been so successful this year. And again, they're super battle-tested playing Region 2, playing the likes of Eagles Landing in Dutchtown, um, Union Grove even, Jones County, you know, they have seen some really, really, really good teams. And Region 8 is just not quite as strong as that. But Warner uh, or Winder Barrow, I mean, Jaron Samuel can take over a game with his outside shooting. Jaden Baskin is good enough to get the job done inside. Tyron Sims has been playing, uh, again, it feels like forever and is a big-time veteran presence uh, in the backcourt for Winder Barrow. But I do think Warner Robins going on the road, I think they have what it takes to win this game. Just so many options, so many scores that Winder Barrow has to slow down. I'm going to go with Warner Robins here. Next up, bottom right-hand side, Kell, a 75-63 winner over Chapel Hill, and they will see Dutchtown 55-42 over Statesboro. Dutchtown has that size. They have the bigs inside. Matthew Hinton takes up a lot of space, alters shots. Joe Chappelle, who... It's about 6'7", 6'8", plays inside and outside, more so of a wing presence, but has that length to knock away steals and make things difficult. These two teams hooked up in the postseason last year, and Kell won 73-60, but Kell doesn't have Peyton Marshall inside. So now Dutchtown is a team that has the biggest players on the floor. They play really good defense. Wallace Corker is always uh, aggressively Uh, coaching up his team you can always hear him shouting out directions and shouting out orders they are a good defensive team game in the backcourt though that's where Dutchtown's going to have to be able to keep up with CJ Brown who's going to South Florida Connor Staffelaris can knock down threes Um, you have Cologne who shoots the three ball very very well also for this Kell team uh, McLavish transferred in. It just it goes on and on. And then Cannon Richards. I really like that matchup of Cannon Richards and Joe Chappelle, two springy guys that can get after it. I'm going to go with Kell here, the defending state champs. Uh, I, they just score the ball exceptionally well, and sometimes Dutchtown can hit some scoring lulls. They rely a lot on their defense, but they can go a little bit stagnant at times offensively if shots aren't dropping. I'm going to go Kell here, but Dutchtown, they definitely have the horses to make this a gritty, grinded-out, low-scoring game in the 50s and 60s instead of what Kell likes to play in the upper 70s, 80s, and above. Class 4A, one of the most interesting classifications we've seen, almost rivaling the madness in Class 6A, some big upsets. Six of eight we got right, but the two we got wrong. Woo-wee. Region 5, not stacking up with Region 6. But we'll start on that top left-hand side. Baldwin was a 66-46 winner over Riverdale. And now they get Westminster. 58-50 over McDonough. McDonough did not score the last seven minutes of the game as Westminster went on a 15-0 run to close the game. Give Westminster credit for even having this game close enough to have this happen. Coach Hicksonball has proven he is a very good head coach. He did not have the athletes to match up with McDonough. He didn't necessarily have the size to match up with McDonough, but he had the X's and O's and his players believed and they were able to surge past McDonough on the road. And it's shocking. And you know, you have to give Westminster uh, 99% of the credit, but you know, 1% of that is McDonough just absolutely crumbled and folded a 15-0 run. I think it takes two to tango here. One team played, obviously, very well when it mattered most in Westminster, and the other team just really just fell apart. Didn't score one point over the final seven minutes of the game, but that's why it is state playoff basketball. Crazy stuff happens this time of year, and it always gives you great pause to think, okay, 
These games are not won on paper. If we're in this game, we have a chance. I said it earlier. Once you're into this level of basketball, everybody believes. Everybody's got a solid coaching staff, and everybody can execute. And that's what Westminster did to upset McDonough. So what do we have now? Westminster going on the road to Baldwin. And I kind of thought, well, heading into this, maybe Baldwin was somewhat similar to McDonough, but maybe a, a slightly step below uh, McDonough. Well, they don't see McDonough. They see Westminster. And this will be another tall task for Westminster. Again, if they are able to stay in this game, keep it close, could possibly even be leading uh, for a vast majority of this game deep into the second half. Um, they're going to start believing, and they are going to uh, find a way. But Baldwin... I, you know, Baldwin's done a good job scheduling this year. They played Green Forest. They played some other tough teams in the non-region schedule. Trey Lawrence is a very good guard. Um, Karez Demery coming in and Isaiah Dennis, those guys score the ball. Um, Devin Nelson and Amari Woodard were second team, all region selections. Baldwin is tough. Baldwin is at home. It has traditionally been a challenging place to play at on the road in the postseason. Um but Westminster, you know, they beat Holy Innocence once this year, who beat Pace just uh, the other day. Um, so they they have some nice wins, and they got those guys that can shoot the ball. Kyle Coleman, Zaid El-Shahabi, uh, a third-team all-region selection. You got Mr. Nico Searle as well. Westminster is a threat. I'm going with Baldwin just because I feel like Baldwin has been you know, I, I don't want to just throw everything out the window this time of year, which makes it just so difficult for me because you go thinking, well, I, I've been doing this. I've been crunching the numbers for every single game for over three months now. Like that's what has been my truths and what I've been able to lean on when I rank teams and pick that. And you think about, OK, this is like I see on paper, maybe one team is supposed to be better than the other team. Uh, and that is why I go with those picks. But again, it doesn't matter this time of year. And that's what makes it so fun, but so frustrating for me since I have to record these dumb podcasts and pick teams to win. But more importantly, I have to pick teams to lose. And that really sucks. Um, but the team I'm picking to win is Baldwin. Um, but boy, oh boy, they're going to have to play really well. I think they're on high upset alert after seeing what Westminster did against McDonough. Bottom left-hand side, New Hampshire, 66-46 over Cairo. They will see North Oconee, who crushed Central Carrollton, 91-66. It feels like the winner of this game is a favorite to make it to, not, of course, not the Final Four because they get to the Final Four, but to make it to the state championship. North Oconee has been so good this year. You know, last year it was, you know, we more so harped on they play really good defense. This year they play good defense and they have a great offense. And they have New Hampshire coming to North Oconee. That's going to be a tough environment, a very tough environment. North Oconee fans are very loud, very vocal. I definitely heard it at the Sandy Spiel shootout. When they toppled Jonesboro, they were, welcome to the north, welcome to the north. They are relentless. They are going to ride New Hampstead very hard throughout the game. Um, I know New Hampstead is very much so looking forward to this match. If they said if they want to beat these guys, why? You know what, what, what better way of doing it than being the bad guys and going on the road? I think New Hampshire is going to be up against it here. They're going to have to be very fundamentally sound on defense if they gamble for steals. Um, North Oconee's got those high IQ guards. Justin Payne, um, Bird Carter, uh, Justin Wise, they'll backdoor you. Um, I think inside in the paint, you're looking at Jakari Glover for New Hampstead. How effective will he be around the basket? Him and Contavious Woodbury, that springy lefty at about six foot five, could knock down some threes. They're going to be going up against Kamari Brooks, Evan Montgomery, big bodies that control the paint. Now, I will say New Hampstead, I think they have more depth than North Oconee does maybe, but all you need is five on the floor. And North Oconee has a great starting five. And they're going to be really tough. Uh, if New Hampshire wins this game, if they're able to pull it out, I think it's going to be between the guard play of Tolan Daughtry, the region player of the year, and then, of course, A.J. Williams, coach's son, Coach Jeff Williams' son, the freshman, who has been really, really strong this year. Uh, Rashawn Terrell, 
who knows if he breaks free and can stroke a couple threes, his firepower along the perimeter is going to be much needed for New Hampstead to be able to match three balls with North Oconee, who shoots it exceptionally well. Um, New Hampshire is going to make it a fun, interesting game, but uh, North Oconee, I feel like they are a, a favorite here. I'm going to go with North Oconee, but if New Hampshire can turn this game into a you know, punch-you-in-the-mouth game, spread the ball around, knock down some outside shots, and try to hit those uh, jumpers from the mid-range and beyond, uh, they can win it. But I think North Oconee, it just feels like this could be Coach Raz. It could be his year to make it not only to the Final Four, but to a state championship game. So I am going with the Titans um, to get past New Hampstead. Top right-hand side, second year, 62-49 winners over Sonoraville, riding the wrongs of last year's loss in the furnace. Get that past them. And now they have to go on the road to Benedictine, 66-52 winner over Westover. It's the Caleb Jones show. He's going to shoot a lot. He's going to score a lot. And then they have some really good athletes, uh, EJ Washington and LaDon Bryant, who I believe is going to Northern Illinois for football as, I believe, a wide receiver. Benedictine, they typically play good defense. They play offense, defense, the entire game, substitute patterns. Very crazy. You don't see it. It's like a hockey line shuffling guys in and out. Some guys only play offense. Some guys only play defense. It is a different brand of basketball that Coach Williams coaches. Um, Seconder is going to have to be prepared. Again, uh, it feels like Seconder uh, will be the favorite in this one. Um, Keith Banks, you know, if he's knocking down those outside shots, lefty can really score the ball. Uh, he'll be big. Carter Watkins, he's got a good IQ, can do a little bit of everything. He's been a, a, a big scorer, uh, especially early on in the year. He had multiple games of 20-plus points. Um, I think Braxton Miller is going to have to protect the ball at the guard position. I think you look for him to be key. And then Akiva Walker, you got the Wells boys, Caleb Wells, Tony Wells, if they can stretch the floor or knock down some shots. Uh, second year's got many more guys that can score the ball than Benedictine does. Benedictine, you're getting sometimes almost 50% of their offense comes from one player in Caleb Jones. And I'm sure the Region 8 Coach of the Year, Coach Nate Hamilton, will have uh, plenty of different defenses in mind to try and slow down Caleb Jones. And if he is able to do that, if you hold Caleb Jones to under 25 points, uh, you have a really good chance at winning this game. Or you could see it as a let him get his 35 points and then shut everybody else down. A lot of different ways you can go with this one. But the way I am going is with the Jaguars in their second year in school history to make it to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, we had Pace Academy, the defending state champs, eliminated by Holy Innocence, 62-58. to Huge game from Devin Hutcherson. The sophomore had about 29 points or so. And then Caleb Wilson, just two big blocking shots, scoring, rebounding, doing everything. A monster win for Coach Mays and staff to top Pace Academy Pretty much led the entire game in that one. And now they will see a big-time underdog, the four seed out of Region 4, Whitewater. They got past Spalding 73-61. Now they have to go on the road to Holy Innocence. C.A. Daramola, good springy shot blocker, but he's only about 6'5". I think they're going to have their hands full with Holy Innocence. This would be a huge shocker if the four seed is able to beat the Golden Bears. I think it is going to be a tall task for um, the Whitewater Wildcats to win this game. But who knows? Caden Thomas hit a couple outside shots. Ashton Preston, if he's able to control the pace. Cameron Jones has been hot in the postseason. Crazy stuff happens this time of year. But holy innocence, I think they kind of advance on to the next round. And it feels like after that win over pace, a passing of the torch maybe, that holy innocence with the future NBA player and Caleb Wilson on the roster uh, that uh, Holy Innocence is now uh, the favorite to win the state title in Class 4A. On to Class 3A after a very rough 11 out of 16 in the first round. Kind of righted the ship a little bit. 7 of 8 we got right in the Sweet 16 round. Top left-hand side, Monroe beat Calvary Day. Calvary Day hung around for the first half. Uh, but then Monroe proved too strong with the 61-41 win. And now Monroe gets to travel to Sandy Creek 
who beat Lumpkin by 70, 92-22. to 22. Monroe's got those good athletes, especially Justin Burns going to Chipola, exciting 6-4 wing. And Lorenzo still hits some shots. He's a, a very strong guard for them. Nehemiah Tinch has played well in the postseason. Um, but I would be surprised if they beat Sandy Creek with Micah Smith, who's going to James Madison. You have the great point guard Amari Brown. Um, got length, athleticism. They shoot three well with um, P.J., the Missouri baseball commit, uh, P.J. Green. Uh, if he's there, you know, there's just a lot of weapons for Sandy Creek. I, I like Sandy Creek to win this one at home. I know Monroe's going to bring the fight to them, but I just feel like Sandy Creek, they have the best players on the floor. They should be able to win, um, but I think Monroe's going to come in with a major chip on their shoulder from Albany and and make it close for a while, but I do think Sandy Creek, they, they are the team to beat. Uh, I'm going with the Patriots. Bottom left-hand side, Carver Columbus finally put an end to the Cinderella story. The seventh seed out of Region 3 who ended up winning the Region 3 championship. Carver Columbus, though, beat Savannah Country Day 52-47. Now they see Hart who slipped past picking 64-62. I'm going with Carver Columbus here. I think Hart County has a great opportunity to win this game. I feel like it's not going to be a game where they're you know, out-athleted or overmanned, outmanned. I think Tony Montgomery is the key piece to stop here for Carver Columbus, averaging over 20 points per game. They do have to go to Hartwell. That is going to be quite the travel for Carver. Um, but I did say in the last, um, I guess you said I said in the first podcast, the Bracketology podcast, I felt like the winner of Carver Columbus versus Richmond Academy in that first round would be the favorite to come out of this quadrant and make it to the Final Four. Carver beat Richmond Academy 67-54. Then, of course, they just got past a red-hot Savannah Country Day team. Now they're playing a hot Hart County team. But I'm going to go with Carver to get past Hart County. But I think all of Hartwell will be in the gym for that game, and it will be a fun environment. But I'm going to go with Carver. Top right-hand side, Hebron Christian 63-59 over Gilmer. Were able to survive Jackson McVeigh. Now they see Johnson, a 61-56 winner over Cross Creek. They went into Cross Creek and beat the Razorbacks. They stunned them because I know Cross Creek, their fans are always very loud and proud, especially on the Facebook Messenger. They don't think they can ever lose a game, but the Adam Smashers done did that. And now Johnson, hey, they're going to be hosting Hebron Christian. That's not going to be fun for Hebron. That is a long drive. I was over there at the uh, house of the Adam Smashers earlier this season. Johnson plays tough defense. If they can get this game up and down, they can win it. Again, I think this one will come down to Johnson. Can they slow down Blake Wilson? Not many people have been able to do that. Johnson does have some big bodies that they can throw at him, though. Not necessarily maybe height-wise, but physically. Jones, uh, Johnson County has some football players. Uh, what I think Jaden Polite is one of them, is a, a strong forward that can get after it. And I think the duo, the tandem in the backcourt, Johnson has the advantage in the backcourt, I must say. Josh Quarterman, the Region 3 Player of the Year, him along with Fabian Kirkwood, who is just getting better and better. That's a really good backcourt. And then what you saw against Cross Creek, oh, Kamari Jones stepping up big time. Caden Davis stepping up big time, the little spark plug. Hebron's going to have their hands full in this one. I think Mataj Glover, him knocking down those outside shots, those three-pointers, that'll be big for Hebron Christian to open up the floor. But if threes aren't dropping against Johnson, they could be in trouble. I'm going to go with Hebron here. But Johnson, every time you pick against the Adam Smashers and pick against Coach Chuck, they always find a way to upset the apple cart. They might do it here. I'm going to go with Hebron just because I feel like they have been, you know, checking out their records and everything from the very beginning of the season up until now. It feels like they've been the better team this year, um, but you could throw that out the window this time of year. Uh, Johnson will be prepared. Johnson will bring the fight to Hebron, and they will test Hebron's manhood, but I am going to go with the Lions to get past Johnson. Bottom right-hand side, Douglas Crush, Dawson County, 79-42. 
They will see Doherty, 73-57 winners over Upson Lee. Again, Upson Lee had this game uh, very tight in the first half and had the lead like 27-22 after one high scoring, but then just could not keep pace with Doherty. Doherty at home will welcome Douglas. This will be a fun matchup, I feel like. This will be a good game. Doherty has been scoring the ball quite well recently. They're going to have to score some points against Douglas. Um, these two teams hooked up last year, I believe it was, in the Final Four. And Doherty was eliminated by Douglas 78-73. So these two teams know each other. Uh, you know, a year older for Doherty, a very veteran group, a lot of cohesion. Douglas more so picked up some transfers here and there. Um, Douglas is big. Douglas is tough. I think if you just look at the eye test and whatever, top to bottom, I think you could say Douglas maybe right behind Sandy Creek is the most talented team in the state in this classification. Um, but Doherty is good. Bakari Bryant is a great coach. I think Douglas has more talent than Doherty, but I do like Doherty. Giant Burns can score the ball. Markel Jones is going to have to play a big game inside. Again, not necessarily scoring the ball, rebounding, blocking shots. And then you got the Jinx kids uh, for Doherty. They are going to have to provide a punch, pack a punch offensively. But I do think Douglas, Javonta Floyd inside at 6'8", is so big. R.J. Weingartner, if he can figure it out, he's a very talented player that has shown that he can score and rebound at a high level. Noah Treadwell, the McHale brothers, uh, so tough. Just go up and down the lineup. Douglas has so many guys to turn to. I just think at the end of the day, they'll be able to find the right mix of who is hot, who is not, and put the right guys in the right position to succeed and get a nice little flow. Douglas going on the road to beat Doherty in a hostile tough environment i think it's going to be a really good game not surprised if bakari bryant pulls this one out but i think top to bottom it just feels like douglas is a very strong team and i think they have enough talent to win on the road the dream for a perfect bracket comes to a crippling end in class 2a after a perfect 16 for 16 Five of eight in the Sweet 16 round. Top left-hand side. Butler beat Spencer 58-49. And now we'll see South Atlanta 47-43 winner over Callaway. I'm going to go with Butler. It just feels like Region 4 is really tough. I know they had some casualties in this second round. Um, but Butler is my pick. Uh, we're looking at a guy like Roosevelt. Well, let's make sure we get Roosevelt's last name. Roosevelt Brown was a first-team all-region pick for Coach Chaz Clark, the Region 4 Coach of the Year. Um, but South Atlanta, Sekou Hurst in the backcourt door, door. Um, they're a tough team. Region 6 is a, a solid region. I don't think it's quite as good as Region 4, but it is a solid region. They've seen a lot of different teams. Um and I think South Atlanta, you know, this game will be at South Atlanta, so Butler's going to have to travel. Uh, but I do think Butler, I'm, I'm going to go with them to win this game, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that South Atlanta wins. But Butler, I'm going with the Bulldogs. Uh, I feel like they played well this season, and I think they're going to be able to topple the Hornets. Bottom left-hand side, how about this? This was a really uh, interesting game to track because – at, at the very beginning, I was like, oh boy, you know, Tombs County versus uh, Tombs County versus Thompson. I said, I feel like the winner of this game advances on to the next round. Well, of course, but I think the winner of that game advances on to the final four. That was what I had in my thought process picking that game. And, you know, Thompson was up. Thompson was up 31-23 at the half. Uh, but then it was just a landslide of defense in Tombs County beating Thompson 53-44. A huge win for that program. Um, very impressive what the Bulldogs have been able to do. And every time you look, it is um, Dominic Eason with a freak show highlight dunk. Um, just unbelievable, unbelievable athlete, unbelievable sleeper prospect. It's not just dunks. He makes things happen on the backboards. He can shoot the three. He is a true superstar for Coach Jared Goodwin, who has done a phenomenal job with this Tombs team. And now Tombs will see Athens Academy, who 
really took it to Walker, especially in that fourth quarter. They held about an eight to ten point lead for most of the game and then extended it late. 67-52 over Walker. Mustafa Diop was not able to take over this game. Justin Goodlock, that is the dude. I'm telling you, that is the dude to stop for Athens Academy. He is such a smooth score with um, what he is able to do. Uh, scoring the ball from multiple levels, really well-balanced offensive game. You got Isaac Rory is a very dynamic defender that can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Doesn't have to score the ball uh, like crazy to win games, um, but is a great glue guy. Uh, you saw Westbrook Adams. He hit seven threes. He had 23 points. If he's going to hit seven threes, uh, Athens Academy is going to beat a lot of teams. So you got big performance out of Westbrook Adams with 23 points. Justin Goodluck had 23 points. Kamel Williams, that is who everyone has always said is like the top prospect for this team, the point guard. He passes the eye test. He gets downhill. He's able to get others involved because he does uh, really warrant a lot of respect from defenders. He's won region player of the year before in his career, if I'm not mistaken. A very accomplished young man. And hey, how about that? Just talking about maybe transferring before the season. Hey, he stuck at Athens Academy. He stayed loyal. And look what happens. Athens Academy is in the Elite Eight. Sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side. If you see things through, you can see success. And that's exactly what Kamel Williams and Athens Academy has seen together with him staying put and staying with Athens Academy. Well, Athens Academy versus Tombs now. I think it's going to be a tough game. This game's going to be at Athens Academy. That's a small gym. They only have... Bleachers on one side of the stadium, or the court, whatever you want to call it, the gymnasium. Uh, Tombs with those high-flying athletes. I, I, I told you, I think the winner of that Tombs-Thompson game is my favorite to make it to the Final Four. I just don't know. I mean, those seven threes from Westbrook Adams, that's great. But is are, are they going to have those three-pointers dropping again uh, against Tombs, a team that is very good on defense? Uh, Eason, I just... Who is going to guard him with his dynamic ability um, to score? But, you know, sometimes it is backdoor lobs. It is transition points. I think uh, Jesus Quintero is going to be a big factor in this one uh, for the Bulldogs for Toombs County. If he is able to knock down some threes and open up the floor, it makes things so much easier for Toombs. Toombs is going to be bigger than Athens Academy up the middle. You know, Parker Stanley's a big sophomore as well. Uh, Marion James, just a lot of guys, a lot of good-looking athletes. And if they're knocking down those outside shots, and then uh, you got Mike Polk facilitating, I think Toombs is tough. I think this is going to be a really fun game. And I haven't made any decisions as far as where I'm going this week, but boy, oh boy, Athens Academy, I mean, that's not too far from where I live. I might need to swing over there and check that game out. But Toombs versus Athens Academy. Toombs is going to be my pick here. I think they just have some grown men on that team, but I think Athens Academy is definitely going to have a chance. And if have a chance, and if Justin Goodluck gets hot, uh, anything can happen. And Kamel Williams, I think this could be a big game for him as far as finding his offense and pushing the tempo and trying to challenge those Toombs cards in the backcourt. But I am going with Toombs County. Top right hand side model sixty three forty. Uh, played the zone and Elka outside shots didn't fall and that was a recipe for disaster model able to take it to Elka S.A. Bakke got into foul trouble early on and then the rest was history and model made it look easy after a first round scare and now model will go on the road to west side Augusta 67-37 winner over Vidalia Again, model, if they win this game, they'll have the size advantage, the height, but Westside is going to be ridiculously more athletic at every other position, or at every position. Um, but if, you know, Westside's an okay three-point shooting team, not a great three-point shooting team, but again, that's going to be the key. If they sit in that 1-3-1 one, one zone, and if you're not able to knock down threes and just open shots in general, you can struggle against model. But Westside is so good at playing at an electrifying tempo. They're the two-time defending state champs. They get up and down. Levante Ivory, DeMarco Middleton, Jarius Atkinson has really made some highlight plays. He's a freakish athlete again on the guard position. Uh, Javen Webb it can jump out of the gym. They got a lot of dudes over there at Westside Augusta. If this game's played up and down, Westside will win it. it. Sounds like I'm harping on the same things I said about the model Elka game. Um, but I think Westside is even better than Elka was at, you know, dictating tempo and playing fast, 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 fast. I think Westside will be able to do that. I think Westside will beat Model. But if Model can make it a crazy game in the half court and chase Allen and 
Jeremiah's heard, who knows? You never know. But the fact that it's going to Augusta, it is going to be a tough place to play at. I am going with the Patriots. Bottom right-hand side, Columbia held off North Cobb Christian, who made a late charge, 62-58. And now Columbia plays Southwest Macon, 46-40 over Sumter. This will be a tough game for Southwest Macon. They do have this game at home. I think that's going to be a, a big deal, playing that game in Macon. But Tamar Mann and um, Quay Wallace, who had a really good game in the second-round matchup, uh, for Columbia, I think those guys are going to be key pieces. Southwest Macon, they have that talented backcourt, but it's a young backcourt, a lot of sophomores in there. Uh, Tobias Rice, I think he'll be a big factor in this game. He's got to be. He's got a lot of talent. If he is able to put together a strong 32 minutes and then their guard play is able to handle the ball and knock down some outside shots, I think Southwest Macon can win this game. But it just feels like Columbia, when they get to this time of the year, um, they're challenging to beat. They're big. They're athletic. And Travian Callaway is a lightning quick playmaker. I'm going with the Eagles to get past Southwest Macon and make it back to Georgia College. On to Class A Division One. we go. We were right on the money, folks. Eight for eight in the Sweet 16, picking all those games right. Top left-hand side, Pelham beat Screven County 50-47. to and now they will see Paideia, a 56-47 winner over Jasper County. Jasper County, a really good year. Kudos to Coach Peniman and what he's been able to do over there. Um, Paideia, I think Paideia wins this game. Again, they're on the younger side. A lot of their best players are sophomores. They start a freshman point guard. Just a young team, but they're absolutely battle-tested. Region 6 alone is a gauntlet, but what they did in the non-region schedule is nothing short of impressive, even though they lost a lot of those games. I always say it feels like Paideia can beat anybody. They could lose to anybody. I don't think they're going to lose to Pelham, though. Pelham, what's their record now? 12-11? and 11? Not to say that Paideia is all that much better at 15-12, and 12, but holy smokes. <laughs> uh, you can get to those somewhat 500 records in very different manners. Paideia's played Murderer's Row Pelham has not. I like Paideia to win this game. And the fact that it is at Paideia, I think that helps out a ton. I like the Pythons to advance to the final four. Bottom left-hand side, Savannah 75-61 over Heard County. And now they get Darlington 64-54. Big win in a tough environment at Athens Christian. Now Darlington has to hit the road and go to Savannah which will be a challenging matchup. Again, Makai Joyner is a really good player. He's got some Division I offers. You've got to contend with him. He was a player of the year in Region 3 this year. Deshaun Davis, the defensive player of the year in the region at about six foot eight, Doesn't score a whole lot of points, but grabs rebounds and blocks a ton of shots. That matchup between Deshaun Davis and Grant Hutton will be interesting. Not to say that Hutton does all the same stuff, but he's 6'6". He's their tallest player. He's got that 41-inch vertical. He's going to have to win some battles on the backboards, and he might be have to be able to alter some shots inside for Darlington. Now, Darlington, they, they spread that ball out. They move the ball really well. Um, had a huge performance from Brent Bell, uh, the sophomore in the second round in their win over Athens Christian. Uh, he got hot and made things happen. Uh, there's just a lot of options that you can turn to. Brent Bell with 25 points against Athens Christian. You saw D-Man, Demarion Floyd with 14 points. Uh, there's a lot of guys that can give you 10 to 15 points per game for Darlington. If the outside shot is falling and if that ball is humming around the perimeter, getting baseline drives, drifting to the corner for open threes, Joe Womack, if he's able to see one or two shots drop early on in the, season, or in the game, um, Darlington could be in business. If Savannah is able to make this into a physical punchy-in-the-mouth game, you got Jermaine Edwards is a veteran. He's really tough. Jermonte Brown as well. Um, it's a fun game. It's a really fun game. Darlington on the road. I think it's going to be tough. Savannah is my initial pick here. I think I'm going to stick with Savannah to get past Darlington. I, throughout these podcasts, I've I really tried not to flip-flop a whole lot. Um, but Darlington, they have a great chance. They have a great chance. They're hitting their outside shots and moving the ball. Their discipline is going to be effective. I do think Demarion Floyd, I think he has to play a big role here just because he can really match up with Savannah with his quickness and speed. And even DJ Hall, check him out. 
If that freshman gets into the game, he could be a little bit of a spark plug for Darlington. But I'm going to go with Savannah at home to beat the Tigers. Top right-hand side, Mount Pisgah defeated Raven County 71-54, a game I was at. It was close early on, but then in the second quarter, Huey Blaylock, I believe, got into some foul trouble, and then the wheels fell off for Raven, got beat up pretty bad in that second quarter, and that was all that mattered. Mount Pisgah, again, Bramir Young making so many plays off the bench. A little spark plug guard from, I believe, New Jersey has been great in the two games I've seen him play. Just love his intensity on defense and playmaking on offense. With that being said, Mount Pisgah, they will play Bleckley County, a 68-48 winner over Temple. This game will be played at Bleckley County. Have to go on the road, Mount Pisgah. Bleckley playing well right now. They beat Woodville Tompkins by two. They beat Temple by 20. But Mount Pisgah, even with that record, not sexy, 13-17, they play basketball the right way. They swing the ball. O'Neal Connolly's back. Uh, the Montevello 6-6-6-7 signee, smooth on the perimeter. They got a lot of guys that can get after you. Bleckley on the smaller side. Caleb Farrell, a really tough nose guard. But Mount Pisgah, a lot of guys. Jackson Williams plays really hard. That 6-4 wing had a good game against Raven County. Uh, can't forget Isaac Beeler, just a calm, confident shooter in the corners and can make some plays off the dribble. I like Mount Pisgah to win this game. They have seen so many good teams in Region 6. Same thing with Paideia. The non-region schedule is a gauntlet as well. I like Mount Pisgah to make it to the Elite 8 and fend off a very tough, scrappy Bluckley County team that is believing they can win it all right now. Bottom right-hand side, Mount Vernon, 89-61 over Oglethorpe. They see East Lawrence, 68-60 winners against Irwin County. East Lawrence, again, I think athletically speaking, they do have those strong big guards, Therese Sneed, Tylen Sneed, uh, but it all starts and stops with Rashawn Washington. If he is able to have a phenomenal game and can maybe knock down a couple threes, not uh, an elite three-point shooter, but you know if he gets streaky and hits maybe two or three, that could help out and open up lanes because he really wants to get downhill and get to the basket. But when he does do that, he's going to be running into some athletes and some length of their own. Shia Goba, you got the West Georgia signee, and uh, Xavier Chagog, uh, Dennis Scott at about six foot ten can alter shots, rebound, and of course is going to be shooting those threes exceptionally well. Uh, a lethal score. Uh, Gabe Alterman, the point guard, really makes him go, limits turnovers. Looking at what Mount Vernon has to do, you know, you got to keep Therese Sneed out of the lane. He really wants to get his head down and attack the basket. But I think Mount Vernon, they have the size advantage. I think they have the basketball skill advantage here in this one. Um, I'm going to go with Mount Vernon to beat East Lawrence and advance on to the Final Four. I just think they're going to be too strong, you know, throw pace bottoms in. They're going to have some shot makers everywhere. I like Mount Vernon to beat East Lawrence. And this is a game that will be at Mount Vernon, so I do think that helps out the Mustangs. Tough travel day for East Lawrence. I think it's a Mustang state title to lose, and I don't think they're going to lose it in the Elite Eight round. We now close in Class A Division Two, five of eight right. Some uh, interesting results here. Top left-hand side, Calhoun County, 72-61 over Lanier County. They will see Manchester, a 72-58 winner over Towns. Calhoun County is my pick here. Josiah Suber is just a really good scorer. They can play at a very high tempo. They get after you. They can press. Amazon Figgins, 6'8 inside, is a big body that can clean up some misses. And Zachariah Candidate jumps out of the gym. I like this Calhoun County team. I've liked them since I saw them lose to Social Circle in the Elite Eight, what was it, two years ago? I think they're a good team. I think they're going to be able to beat Manchester again. Manchester usually predicated with those tough, physical, strong football players. Darius Bryant, a really good guard. like him a lot. Uh, but I just think uh, Calhoun County with that guard play, they're going to be able to push the tempo and get this game up and down and knock down some outside shots. So I'm going with the Cougars to beat Manchester. Next up, we have uh, on the left-hand side, bottom left-hand side, we have Portal sneaking past Early County 54-40 and Portal sees Warren County 64-56 winner over Christian Heritage. Very stunning stuff there. Warren County unranked all year long. 
don't necessarily see a lot of terrific teams in the non-region schedule, but they're hot right now. They won the Region 8 championship, and it's uh, again, it, it just gets crazy. Christian Heritage, you thought they did everything right, right? They go play at like Mitchell County. They play at Calhoun County. Um, they go play at Macon County. They, Coach Watkins traveled to everywhere he could at, under the sun um, to get prepared for road games during the state playoffs. They get a road game in the Sweet 16 for the second consecutive year, and they blow a lead and they lose to Warren County. So kudos to Warren County for getting that win and ending the illustrious career of Jax Abernathy. Now Warren County sees Portal. This has been the bugaboo spot for Portal the past few years. It just feels like they can't ever get out of the Elite Eight, but it's always been Wilkinson County that eliminates them. Warren County is not Wilkinson County. I think Portal can win this game. I think they should win this game, Um, but Warren County, don't count them out, coming off a big win over Christian Heritage, but I just do think it is now or never. I guess we just said the same thing about Christian Heritage, but now or never for Portal with that great senior class of Amir Jackson, Elijah Coleman, Joseph Thomas, uh, Marion Tremble, who has emerged as that fourth option. It's now or never for the Panthers. I like the Panthers to finally uh, get over the hump and get into the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Green Force 73, Green County 32. And they will see McIntosh County Academy. We got this one wrong. 43-42, winners over Randolph Clay. A tip-in at the buzzer, I believe was the deciding factor. McIntosh County Academy is on the verge of building something. It sounds like a really young team, has a lot of players coming back. Um, Got some solid athletes, a lot of dual sport guys that can mix it up. Um, You know, MJ Quarterman being one of them, a a lanky fella. Uh, But Green Force, again, it just feels like, gosh, it would be such a shock to see Green Force lose. I know they were upset last year in the Final Four, but they played a Charlton County team with Elias Williams, a 6'8", 6'9", freak inside that blocks everything. And Jarvis Wright, who strokes threes at an alarming clip, led the state in three-pointers made last year. Um, I don't know if Green Force is going to see a team like that this year. I think they should be able to beat McIntosh County Academy, making them come all the way to the DeKalb area, playing probably their home game at Miller Grove since Green Force gym is too small. I like Green Force to win this one and advance on to the next round. And I will say it feels like Green Force is locked in. Even last year you saw in the uh, around this round and even in the Sweet 16, I think uh, it might have been Manchester in the Sweet 16 if I'm not mistaken. Could have been the Elite Eight, but Green Forest, they, they were playing a couple games or a little bit closer than you expected, maybe. This year, none of that so far. 70-point win over Chattahoochee County, and now a 41-point win over Green County. I think they keep that rolling against MCA. Bottom right-hand side, Macon County, 79-59 over Hancock Central. They see Clinch County, a game I got wrong. Jeremy Flight Bell gets Clinch County to the next round, beating Mitchell County at Mitchell County 55-50. Clinch knocking down some free throws late to hold off the Eagles. I am a bit surprised there. The one seed out of Region 1 falling to Clinch County, uh, the two seed out of Region 2. I think Macon County is going to have to play really well. They got this game in Montezuma. I think it's a big advantage for them. I think Frankie Reigns, I would trust him and Davis Collier, good Good uh, swing man. I like this Macon County team a lot, but I think they're going to have to play well. It feels like Clinch County is really feeling it. Coach Terrence George doing a really nice job over there. Coming off one upset, the next dragon in, sl- in sight to slay would be Macon County for Clinch. I think Macon wins this one, though. I like Macon County to make it to the Final Four to play Green Force at Fort Valley State. So there you have it, folks. The Elite Eight GHSA Boys Basketball preview is in the books looking forward to seeing everyone in the gym shortly i will be in milledgeville for the final four calling the class a division one final four and the class 2a final four so thank you again for listening i will see you guys in the gym and i will be back for the final four preview podcast in a few days